way you fucking leave, isn't it? Footy and Frothies, round 14 is in the books. We're ready to go. The full crew's back on deck. The Gump's here. He's up and about. He's ready to go. All of us sitting on my headphone cord somehow, which is very... This is mine. Okay. Um, All right. Anyway, so Ollie's here, Barney's here, uh, and I guess that would make me daggy. So we're all here. We're ready to go. Gump's here also. I said the Gump's up and about. said I was here. Up and about. He's here. Anyway. Some of us have arrived to the pub later than a few yeah. <laughs> You might it find public yeah, holiday two Monday. people that haven't been here for long and two that have. So we'll, we'll uh, see if you can pick them you know, right in and uh, let us know for a prize. All righty. How was, how's the weekend treat you, Barney boy? Long weekend? Yeah, mate. Extra day at home is always good. Just family time pretty much, mate. I made it down here for the Raiders game. I came down and watched that with oh. Dino. But um, other than that, yeah, just hanging out with the, with the girls at home. Took the dog out for a couple of hour walk today to try and get some energy out of him, but yeah, no, it's been good. Oliver, been working all weekend, and today's my Friday night, so uh, oh, look out. Day off tomorrow, yep. And uh, the gums back after a month off. Yeah, not, not much has happened uh, in that time. No, nah, nah, a couple of weeks off. I was footy last week with the the kids team and. Um, state knockout up in parks, nice yeah, and cold. Touch but it. How'd that go? Yeah, no, they did really well. The boys and they and finished P- PWSA, yeah. yeah, under eleven state yeah. carnival. They we finished second, uh, made the grand final, and um, like NRL games, fell asleep for five minutes, and the other team went bang, bang, bang with a few tries, and second half dropped the ball over the line two or three times. So sort of, but they're ten year olds, and you know they had a good experience. We had a. Um, very serious injury to one of our players, young Maxie Hayne. So, uh, send my wishes out to Max, who whose foot was at right angles to his, oh. his leg. Um, was operated on the other day. Um, tough little bugger when it happened. He got up and tried to run twice. Um, oh. Had to be sort of told to lay on the ground, and took 40 minutes for an ambulance to get there and, Didn't have and one help him out with. Um, yeah, no, no green whistle or anything. So it's the only ambulance in parks. Yeah, it? and then couldn't get back to Sydney for surgery for a few days. So, um, yeah, the health system, but that's another topic and another show. Um, but I'm up at about two Bulldogs today, so just been out at the game. And, um, yeah, so, no, it was good. It was good. Long weekend, good. Um, Bulldogs probably play Monday every week, maybe. Um, for a trophy, they, they and we Monday might do team. better. Your Monday, and they won some trophy today, so um, maybe every week Monday and a, a trophy up for grabs <coughs> for them. Uh, let, I'll just run through a fair, a little, try and run off what news I can off my phone uh, before we get back to that. But uh, injury-wise, Caelan uh, Blong, uh, Blonger, Caelan Blonger uh, might miss a week or two with the. Uh, it's apparently a very bad HIA. So see what happens there. Merck Masilla dislocated elbow. Chris Potato, a head knock, but he should be okay. Herbie Farnsworth out for the year. So Brisbane are in a world of trouble. Herbie's out. Adam Reynolds, a rib injury, which did not look good. He was not well yeah, at all in like that game. It looked like it was game. broken to me. The way yeah, he, he was um, in trouble. Could, could be six weeks if that's, uh, if that's broken. Uh, Corey Pax. And the other big one, uh, probably putting the glare back on, as I've said for a couple of years now, Payne Haas being busted by, his 25, by the time he's 25. Uh, he's done his other AC, which is not ideal. I, don't, I guess we'll see more later this week. 
think uh, there's some questions over Luke Keary with the concussion as well. Just, yes. Um, probably not looking good for him. We He's got a history of those those head knocks and the Roosters seem to be take a few more precautions than, than other teams possibly in the, in the competition, which is a good thing, but might be a while before we see Luke Keary probably if back again, on the field. They were very, well, not very quick, but they, the Roosters doctor clearly has an eye out for it oh, after board, uh, Boyd Cordner last year. Uh, Keary again did not look good. The fact he was holding his head the whole time. And it, it was wasn't going a bad on, one either. It was like yes, compared it was, to what minor, we see, it 100%. was didn't yeah, it wasn't one of the high end contacts you would have thought, but he seemed quite distressed by it. It was the back of the head, wasn't it? It, yeah. it does seem to have a bit more impact than sort of the front or the side, but yeah, it's definitely not good considering he's had at least five or six beforehand. Yeah. So. Yes, I'm not, I'm not reporting this by any means, but I think there's a chance we might not see him again. I'd say you're, you're going to be missing for at least three or four weeks, I would imagine, just as Gumpy said, with the way that the Roosters um, generally take a few more precautions than others. But It's a shame too, because for me, circa 2019, I would say, I don't know about you guys, but for me, he was the best half in the competition, 5'8 or half-back for me. I'm not saying he was the best player overall, but for, like he... What he brought to the team, what his team, yeah. Like from the 2018 grand final onwards, I know people say that Cooper Cronk was injured and he was still on their barking orders, but Luke Keary well and truly sort of made himself that day as that Clive Churchill medal-winning performance and sort of controlling the team around the park. And in 2019, he he got hot off the back of that, but unfortunately through the injuries, through the concussions, it's it's just a real shame. His form had been slightly better the last last two or three weeks, weeks I thought he'd been good. Uh, Coates, eight weeks, ankle surgery. Nanai, probably similar. Syndesmosis, we'll find out about that. And uh, ACL for Heal and Lukey hasn't been reported yet, but that that's uh, danger signs for yep. for the Cowboys losing their back row. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Luciano ends up there before the year. But well, the talks have sort of spruced up again over the past couple of days. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed. Really, they would just but ask yeah. the question. But. Somehow the questions always gets mar- asked through the media first. So. His last couple of performances, he hasn't looked all that interested, to be yeah, honest, at the go. Tigers. So. Well, he probably, you know, he'd be wanting to go. He's a 100%. team that's going to make the eight, and he's playing for a team that's not. So, you know, he's probably going to push to go. Yeah. And if he's pushing to go, then why would the Tigers keep him now? They might as well go for who they're going for next year. Yeah, 100%. Or put, I, I a, put a kid in. It's, it, it's time for the Tigers to just, like... Sit down and be rest and go right. Go, you can go Clear now. Decks, yeah. uh, if Brooks wants to go to Newcastle, I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, let him go. Like, just let him go. Clear the decks and start over. Anyway, we'll get to all that. Judiciary wise, Naden early plea four weeks. Thoughts on that one? It was ugly, wasn't that it? Right? It's, um, <laughs> he landed square on the top of his head, um, and he really ne- didn't need any need to get into the position that he got into. I, I think he was pretty frustrated at that point in the game because he w- he wasn't having the best game and um, yeah, he's just it was very dangerous. So four weeks seems about fair to me. It was it was unnecessary. Like it wasn't like one of those front on tackles where it can go wrong. It was yeah out of frustration. I think you know he didn't mean it, but you know it's that's about right. Four weeks, I reckon. Well, it was sort of Tamo making sort of the main tackle around the around the guts, if you say, and Naden sort of came in and did the the extra bit. I don't think it was necessarily needed per se. So I think no, I it was ugly. Yeah. And four, I think four weeks is soft, but they've taken it. Uh, Kafusi got a fine for his alleged shot on Walker. Look, I I wasn't as hard on him as as Brandy was, and and the, the rest of call was. I, I think in those sort of situations, it's hard to accuse anyone of doing it intentionally, but. 
Am I wrong? Didn't look pretty. <laughs> He's got a little bit of form, I think, and that's where it comes from, from the incident with... Um, last year, geez, yeah. Last year. Yeah. With Kafusi, where it looked a little bit more deliberate. Mad- against Madison, yeah, was it? Ag- yeah, against Madison, and... Look, he's put his bumpers up. Whether he's done it deliberately or not, you'll never know. Um, I don't know. I don't know there whether it's a week or a fine. That's, you know, that it's really subjective, I reckon. With, you could with probably that go one. and pick out two or three every week, to be honest. Um, yeah. Unless you really see a bloke get up and go again, then it's, it's a bit hard to say if there's any intention in it. So. Yeah, the tricky thing with that and the Kiri one is, uh, I think there's just been another study coming out of the U.S., of uh, ex NFL players basically saying that I think there was a, a study of 500 brains and um, 0% of non players had CTE, and it was like 30% of actual NFL players that whose brains had were CTE or CTE uh, positive, or whatever they call it. Like, so there is there is a clear issue and it's a clear relation, and, and it, 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 it'll be keep going through MMA ranks as well, and that sort of thing. But uh, as it goes on, it's a Obviously, an issue. Uh, we're all smarter for it, and they've done it. I think they've done a good job in protecting everyone, but it is a, a concern. Hundred percent. Yep. We, I guess, uh, you've been missing for a couple of weeks, Camp. You want to rock and roll on Origin? Your thoughts here? Oh, look. I didn't ever think New South Wales really looked like winning the game. To be honest, they, you know, that they sort of lacked a little bit of spark. It wasn't Cleary and Luai's best performances. They've had um, Yo didn't really play the way he plays at Penrith either. He was just sort of used as a as a battering ram up the middle. Um, they Jack Whiten was probably the best player, and he come under scrutiny for his selection, I guess, over some other people in the team. I think they've got to find some X factor, and I don't know whether before game two they're going to find it. Like, do you go back to the Fox? You look at Burton, is Pappy ready? Is Latrell ready? Like, so there are a few players that could probably be thought about to sort of come into the team to maybe give that that bit of spark that may be required, a bit of X factor for the team. But will Pappy be ready? Will Latrell be ready? You know, you throw the fox in, but someone's still got to give him the ball. Do you look at someone like Matt Burton who gives you something a little bit different? I don't know. But look, on, on that performance... You know, that 16-10, there's not much between the teams, but I thought Queensland were by far the better team in the game. Yeah, I thought New South Wales were flattered. I think, I don't know if you listened back to the show, Gump, you probably didn't. But I, that's I do most weeks, <laughs> I do. He's got better things to do. Yes, it's been out exploring the pubs at parks, but uh, any recommendations out there? <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, all good. All good. Noted. Uh, but yeah, we, we've all, you've, if you listen to the show enough, you've heard our thoughts, but uh, probably concur. And uh, as I've been a record of saying, I, I should have probably stuck with Queensland. Barney took me out of it, so I blame him. Who stuck with <laughs> Queensland, though? Because nothing could possibly be my fault. That, that, who stuck with Queensland? Come on. You did. Anyway, yeah, should we talk some footy? You can lead off here, Ollie, because I know the, the round started really well for you with uh, the Titans taking That wasn't on the first game, was it? Cowboys 31 Cowboys. played the Dragons you 12. absolute... 32-6 <laughs> Cowboys I, I wonder who's been Titans. here since 3pm drinking. What? 31-12, Cowboys beat the Dragons. Five no, tries to week four. <laughs> <laughs> what? I wonder <laughs> who's been 30. here since 3pm drinking, he 31-12. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys get two. You're around behind, Dag. Go on, uh, get into five it. Five tries Talk. to two, four out of five conversions, played two out of two for the Dragons. One out of one field goal attempts and one out of one penalty goal attempts for the Cowboys. 
79% completion, played 67%. You can take a breath, David, just leave. 35 out of 44 sets, played 27 out of 40. 110, 120 post-contact metres plus for the Cowboys. Six line breaks to four. 42 tackle plus, played 41. Eight offloads to six. One force dropout to two. Zero 40-20s, 298 tackles, played 352. Two ruck infringements against the Cowboys, four against the Dragons. One inside the 10 against both teams. Five penalties conceded from each side. 11 errors to 15. Robson made 50 tackles. Jack DeBellin made 47. Jason Tamalo with 204 running metres. And Moses Sully with 184. Chad missed seven tackles, made 20. Hiku missed five and made 17. Amon missed eight and made 21. And Hunt missed five and made 12. Oh, Supercoach points. Drinkwater with 90. Tamalolo, 89. And Lemu Lemu, uh, <laughs> Lumi Lumi and Suli on 82 points apiece. Um, it's almost like uh, Todd Payton knows how to coach, I'm be honest. But uh, he set, the way he set up Tamalolo's resurgent this year has been amazing. He's, he was very, very good. But uh, Ollie's looking at me like he wants to have the floor, licking his lips. <laughs> Oddly. So you can go first, Oliver. No, well, one of the things I've noticed, right, every week we are going on about Jason Taumalolo and how he's back to sort of Jason Taumalolo form. I feel like this is a week where I sort of realised he's back to being one of the best players in the comp, That's like the way he's playing. And it's weird, he's not underrated because everyone's appreciating what he's doing, but no one's sort of putting him back in that conversation with in terms of individual efforts because, for once, the rest of his team is sort of standing up, but he's still putting up similar numbers to when he was dominant a couple of years ago. For me personally, I thought the best player in this game, though, was Reese Robson. We usually sort of um, praise his defensive effort, which was still there. Um, his attacking effort was there last week as well, but this week as well, he sort of sustained that and sustained that defensive form. Maybe you could put it down to him versing his old club, etc., whatever. But I'd say this was probably Robson's best performance of the season for me, and he was my best player on field at least. Well, there's now discussion that the mail was out that he's now the, the the second hooker in a New South Wales camp in some regard. So very interesting. Come. Yeah, I thought the Cowboys were really good. It was probably a game where they might have been under some, some pressure with some Origin players not backing up and then some that were that had played a full Origin game um, look I I thought that Robson was really good but I, Murray Tuolungi on the wing, he's just going unbelievably for the Cowboys and also Jordan McLean is starting to get back to some real Melbourne storm form he hasn't really done much at the Cowboys at all but I've noticed with their resurgence that Jordan McLean's far more noticeable in the game with his yardage and, and his defence, so um, that's probably just coming off the back of confidence in a team that's winning, but it's good to see Jordan McLean because he, you know, was touted to be Origin and Australian player a few years ago and, and sort of fell off the, the radar a bit, but, you know, maybe somebody that they look at in the future again if he, if he keeps playing at, at that level. Um, Drinkwater, again, is just offering that that extra in attack that, that they really need. And look, and I know I say it a lot of weeks, but makes a big difference with halfbacks in teams. You look at the Cowboys and the Broncos and just what Townsend and Reynolds have given the rest of the team, the rest of their personnel hasn't really changed that much in these teams from last year. But some of these blokes have grown an extra leg in these teams that you wouldn't have noticed before, like this is not Tom Gilbert's first year he's played, and who noticed Tom Gilbert last year? I certainly didn't notice him as, as a footballer, but this year I've noticed him. They've got 
Lukey and Nanai and those guys that have sort of come along. But and your the, man with one of the try assists of a game there? Cohen, yeah, Cohen Hess. And that's what I mean. But, but yeah. him and Drinkwater that I've said were barely first graders, now they're, you know, and I know Cohen Hess has played Origin, but they're going unbelievably well as a team at the moment. And you're right, Daggy. Todd Payton can obviously coach because he's been under pressure for a while and they were going like bustards and even the start of the year, the Bulldogs beat them round one. So in terms of that, so look, and St George, there wasn't much going on for them. Uh, The same, you know, if it's not coming from Ben Hunt and and Lomax doing a bit, they're they're sort of struggling a bit, I think. On Lomax, every time... Dragons had a chance. They kicked the ball away. How many times in a game do they grubber, grubber for themselves or kick behind yeah. the line? Think like just, and it was early in tackle counts. And even Lomax in, in that second half where he threw yeah. that pass yeah, after two minutes of the second half, yeah. and they pick it up and they run and score the Cowboys. It, like I think sometimes Lomax and those guys try and do a bit too much. Like just you know, tuck the ball under your arm there and, and take a hit and play the ball and get the ball to the other I, end of the field. I, I Probably get, not necessary. Yeah, I get, I get you can be frustrated, but I reckon there was at least three or four times where they actually had a, a chance and a break and they either grubber, tried to grubber through for themselves or tried to throw a miracle ball, and it was early in a count where they could have set themselves up for something more. Uh, we'll get to you, Barn. It's just with the Cowboys it, and with Todd Payton, it makes me think of an old Peter Moody line about when he used to take horses to Matoa to have them win a maiden by 15 lengths. Is, uh, you make them six tall and bulletproof, and they believe they are, and this is what... The Cowboys are now. They're, they're now in this situation where I think they probably believe they're the top two or three teams in the comp and come hell or high water, these same blokes that we were going to say were going to win the spoon at the start of the year are now world beaters. So, go on. They're uh. fitter than the majority of the teams. You can see it. They very rarely gas out at the back end of any game and it stands up with their defence. That How many times there'd be a half break and then there'd be five Cowboys there to shut it down. Um, you don't see that out of many other teams. And it's obviously he's got them fitted. Yeah, who else we see it out of? Brisbane. Yeah. Like, yeah. even the week they played, Penrith Sorry. showed for the yeah. fitness, Barney. You're right. Yeah. Like, Penrith schooled them in the first half and I think didn't score a point in the second half. It stayed at 22-0. Penrith normally run and over Penrith teams. Penrith normally run over teams yeah. and the Cowboys stayed in the, in the fight there and, yeah. and weren't disgraced in the end. So... I, you're probably right, and they, the players, when they're interviewed, said how tough their preseason was, and you had them running up mountains and and whatnot. So getting he, them up at four in the morning and doing yeah, sand hills, taking them out of their comfort <laughs> zone. This was the most points they've conceded in the second half all year. Yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah, yep. Um, Dragons completely outplayed in this game. They never really looked like being competitive, and it was errors and um, ill discipline from the very start of the game. I think they dropped the ball in the first minute of the game, and then gave away penalties and. Yeah, you just never give yourself a look in doing that kind of stuff, um, especially against the Cowboys. Their attack looked uh, smooth and fast. Again, uh, there's some good service from Robson, which is you know, you're seeing it more and more out of the dummy halves. They're giving really good, deep, flat balls. Uh, sorry, good, deep, fast balls out of dummy half, and it just gives the, the, the halves more time to play with the ball. Um, the... They play a little bit different than most teams too because they've basically got two halfbacks set up on either side of the field and they're using Tamalolo through the middle and then drink water on the sweep plays on the outside with their sixes. So they, they sort of set up and throw a few different shapes that other teams don't throw at defences. Um, they seem, And it's working really well with drink water. Um, I don't know, he seems a little bit quicker to me this year as well than what he has in previous years. I don't know if he's been he you know, had a better. niggle for a while just or whatever. Better. But yeah, probably a bit of that fitness coming through, who knows. But... Um, 
yeah, didn't didn't uh, was pretty good with uh, with Robson. I thought it was a fairly average performance from St George. Sewer was pretty decent. Uh, Blake Laurie did a job. Uh, L- Lomax tried, but as we mentioned, they had a lot of errors. There was five errors just off him himself, and that was those flick passes out the back. They went nowhere. Um, Suli again is really good. He's basically an extra second rower that they use out in the centres there at the moment. Um, I'd like to see him get him get him a little bit more cleaner earlier ball. But um, yeah, Ben Hunt's always one of their better players. I thought Jack DeBellum was the best dragon on the field though. Um, Hamaso probably had a night to forget. <laughs> he had, he made one tackle, missed three, had three errors. Um, yeah, it's not he wasn't up anywhere near his normal performance, Hamaso, but. Um, Lukey Indry's not good for him, as we already mentioned. Val was okay on the backup. He looked a bit tired towards the back end of the game, but that's Jesus probably ex- to be expected. The first half. Yeah. He, he would be the form centre in the comp right now. Very close and to it. And under the radar. And how as fast such. is he looking too? Oh, Val Ames yeah. and fit like and fast. He's just he's like the rest of them. They just look fitter and faster. Well, Hiku's probably in career best form, and how old's that bloke now? 31 or whatever he is. Um, you got Tuolangi as well, was really strong out there on the wing. Uh, Lemu Lemu, Lumi Lumi, sorry. Who is it? Lemu no, Elu. It's Lemu Elu. Lumi Lumi's the bulldog. He, yeah, that's right. Lemu Lemu, he played in the second row there, and he looked really good at the back end of this game. Um, obviously, he'll probably come in and take Lukey's spot, I would imagine, so... There's um, not a bad replacement there. Maybe a super coach pickup for somebody if you're looking for one. But um, I thought Drinkwater was fantastic again. And Robson and Tamalolo were the best two Cowboys on the field, I thought. Yeah, let's uh, put a bow on this. We'll say three points Robson, two points Tamalolo, one point Drinkwater. Yep. I had the first two the other way around, but... No, that's fine. No, was sensational. Let's give it to let's for old times. His ball playing is coming back too, which is something he hasn't had for a little while. He's starting to put people away as well as busting holes himself. So I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was the best player on the field. All right, three Tamalolo, two Robson, and one for Drinkwater. To Leah, spot question: Who are the four fittest teams in the comp? Top four teams. <laughs> exactly. hundred percent. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Fancy that. Uh, anyway, we get to uh, the uh, Rabbitohs 30 over the Titans 16 barn stat. Yeah, we'll find out where we were. Hang on. Three tries to five. Two out of three conversions. Played five out of five for... Uh, for Souths, 90% completion by the Titans, played 74% for the Rabbits. 37 out of 41 sets, played 29 out of 39. Four line breaks to six, 41 tackle busts for the Titans, 30 for Souths. 10 offloads for both teams, one force dropout for both teams. 362 tackles, played 383. Three ruck infringements against Souths, zero inside the 10s. Four penalties conceded by the Titans, six by South Sydney. And six errors to ten. McIntyre with 38 tackles. Cook with 46. Marzu with 257 running meters. Campbell Graham with 210. Firma missed four tackles, made 33. Sexton missed three and made 21. Ilias missed 10 and made 29. Uh, Tino with 123 supercoach points. Alex Johnson with 114. And Campbell Graham with 95. Can we all just uh, take a moment to... Praise be to Tino. Like, what a guy. What an absolute guy. But Oliver, you can take it from here. Going to keep it short and sweet. Three main points. Point A. My first child's first name, whether male, female, or whatever else, will be Tino. Point B. No Tina? Point B. Tino. It'll only ever be Tino. Male, female, or whatever else. Point right, B. I'll teach you a later. I tipped 
Cody Walker is my bold prediction for the week to get three tries. He only got two. He might as well have gotten zero. Point three, otherwise known as point C. How Greg Marzu was ever playing Intrust Super Cup or whatever it's called at this point, somehow during this year at any point is an absolute disgrace. He is immoral for first grade, especially considering how the Titans have been playing this year. He needs to be in the squad for the rest of the season when fit. Look, all I can say is the Titans, thank goodness you've got Tino Marzu. Because if you didn't have those blokes, there'd be no go... Th- no, There's no go forward for them. How does Ford Awaker like, play 40 minutes again? But, uh, can, but, can you answer but, uh, that? Can anyone answer this? But there's something stinky going on there. Yeah. Because no forwards are running over 100 metres. No. Their defence is flimsy at best. Like, I didn't think South were that great. But the Titans never look, really looked in the game. Like, I think the score flattered them in the end. Like Tino got a try on the blind side and a and a and a barge over sort of try two tries through just effort and I think the blind side try he was probably having a rest because he was buggered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is. But he still scored the try. But God, he's got to be under pressure, the coach. Like there's there's just I think you the mail is gone. The, yeah. There's nothing going on for the Titans, and you know what? I think that their roster management is no good. Like, looking at it now, in, in all seriousness, they've got a lot of blokes that aren't up to it, that just are not up to it. They've spent a lot of money on, like, and I don't want to bring his name up again, like a David Fafita, who there, there's a lot of money gone on him, and they're still paying Tino and guys like that a lot of money, and Tino's worth every cent, but in the key positions, they've got nothing. Well, Their spine, they, they've literally got... Nothing in the spine. Like, Toby Sexton is a young... I know he's a kid and I don't want to be on his back. But he needs someone with him. He's, and and they, they, they literally have no spine. No, there's no They've got spine. a young fella that would be a very good player, given the chance, in Texan. Other than that, there's... They don't like have a fullback. Brimson they at the moment is overrated. A, and I know he yeah. didn't play, but he's been a part of the seven losses before they, that in a row. They, they haven't had losses. a hooker for... Three years. Aaron Clark tries. I think Aaron Clark tries, but he's he's a bench. He's a bench fella. He comes on to give the main hooker a break. Yes. So I think they're roster. And they're five eight. They've got some blokes like Herbert and Sammy and some of those blokes. They're not up to it. Like Bo Firm was another one I probably should throw in as another guy that that is is probably going well for them. Absolutely. And he's pulling his weight. And he's a first grader. A good first grader in a really good team. But at the yeah. moment, I, and, and again, I didn't think South were that great. Johnston was good. No, and you know what? They had some, some good players. But I, I don't know where ne- to next for the Titans. Are they another side that needs a, a squad a overhaul? Well, a for me, the Titans are the perfect example of needing experience in your spine specifically. They put all their eggs in the Sexton basket and the Jaden Campbell basket. They would both be playing a lot better if there was a play- Cameron Smith would be perfect. Remember that. A then couple you get years four in next year, but it's but a lot. What's it's he going to do? Make it, up. It, yeah, like realistically, right. I, I don't mean to be harsh, but if he gets injured in round three, what does that mean? If he stays on the field, that will be a positive. That will help Sexton, probably help Jaden Campbell too. You just. It frustrated me so much that they got rid of Fogarty. I know he's only just come back, but, man, I wish he was back at the Titans. It's just... You've got... Yeah, you've got the spine full of youth, and it seems to me that Holbrook's put that sort of experience tag on AJ Brimson. 
where as good as he is, he's been an origin player, whatever, he's not that experienced head to steer your side around the, te- uh, around the ground and sort of get your spine into order. He- he's just not that player. He's a player who would benefit off of someone else doing that. But that's not him. So they do need an experience. It's, it's, it's also, and let's be honest, and it, it's not going to be foreign though. They've Even, got no yeah. resilience. No, but as soon as something doesn't go their way, they they just fall apart. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good your, your halves are. If your forwards are getting smashed up every week, it's not really going to matter. Well, what frustrates me too, realistically, the Titans' forward pack should be a top eight forward pack. And they're not even playing like a but couple... Of, there's a couple of blokes that are... Your Tino's, Moe's, yeah, Bo Firma, those are... Those on, are paper, three, on paper, they are, but in practice, they're not... In, on, no, in no, paper no, they have, not. They have two forwards and a centre playing back row. Yep. Doing it well in Firma, but um, they've got Mo and Tino. And Mo only plays half an but hour I every think week. That, but a lot of times, you, like... We're overrating Mo. Yeah, I think it probably like, are. I, I think no, well, I've I think, dropped off. I've got a But I think now. that they've got to. You've got to take stock. There's one forward in the middle that has a go for him. Tina is it. If the others were having a go, then they'd be going better. And he's so, actually. So he's actually. I think Tina's probably. You could argue he's the best forward in the comp. You could well, argue he's the best forward in the comp because he carries. He would be more important to that team than anyone else. He's in the doing court. what Payne has did for the Broncos last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, like, against the Broncos in that game against the Broncos, Tino put on arguably for me the best individual performance from a Ford or up there all year. He's done his last team, month, but, and, and but that's that's in terms of an individual effort. And the, oh. I've said my piece about Tino. I've said my Barney's piece about the Titans. Like so Barney, have at chomp it. at the bit. Have at it. <laughs> well, Titans are lucky that Tino backed up because, yep. as Gump said, they probably would have got beaten by 40 or 50 in this game um, easily because he was the only bloke who looked like doing anything apart from Tino or Mazu trampling over the top of somebody. They didn't look like they were going to break the line at all. And with 90% completion, that's a bit of a worry, to be honest. Um, yep. You've got that much ball. And you're not dropping it, you're not shooting yourself in the foot, and you still can't make a break. It's um, yeah, it's definitely a worry. There's um, there's a lot of blokes out there that aren't putting in enough effort. It's just as simple as that. I don't know how you get around it and what you do about it, but um, apart from getting rid of half of them, there's like South Ford Pack were no by no means any anywhere near amazing, but they were comfortable all night. They, nobody worried them at all in the middle of the field, apart from Tino. Um, they just went through and did what they needed to do, uh, set after set. And they can, like, the way that the Titans controlled the stats, like, the, that stat sheet says that the Titans should have won this game and probably done it pretty comfortably considering how much ball South turned over. But they, they, they couldn't do it. There was, yeah, as I said, no, no attacking spark at all. Sexton was, like, you know, he had a couple of nice kicks, but he didn't really do much else. So, and, um, but the, the problem with the Titans, they, they didn't miss a lot of tackles, but when they miss tackles, it's when it when and where it matters. Like, they miss them five metres out from their line and the, whoever they're trying to mark up on just scores. And it happens three or four times pretty much every week. They, they miss a one-on-one tackle or sometimes a two-and-three-on-one tackle and they just stroll over and score. Um, yeah. McIntyre's improved his stocks a little bit the last couple of games. He's been going okay. Um, Furmore... And Liu were somewhat decent, but yeah, apart from the other two that were mentioned, there weren't really anyone else worth mentioning. Havili had another decent performance off the back of probably his best game in his career last week. Um, Ilias was okay, but yeah, he's, he misses a few tackles and he, he's not getting helped by Walker either. Um, 
Campbell Graham and Cook were very good for Souths. Campbell Graham was a threat every time he had the ball in his hand out in the edge there, and Cook got in and around the ruck and caused a few problems. Kulamatangi and AJ were fantastic. They did their job. Um, they did more than their job, and they actually troubled um, they troubled the Titans quite a bit. But Atino was the man of the match. Alex Johnson with two, and then either Mazu or Kulamatangi for the one point. But I'd be fine with that. Actually, I'm fine with that. Give it, yeah. I thought probably kill them. Ring the bell, maybe. Hey. Yeah. Got to find the alarm. No, yeah. I've got a sound effect somewhere. Yeah, that was as I talked about, and we've seen more and more of it lately. Actually, the the forward single handedly carrying a team. My God, we've seen it in the last month, haven't we? I don't understand when you look at the stats in these games, and you have one forward that does twenty hit ups. And the next closest is six. Yeah. What are the other blokes doing when that bloke's doing his 20? And he did it in 55 yeah. well, minutes or something I mean. as well. So, but <laughs> that's so right. And there's always a second so row in the you know, but There's always a second row that has six hit-ups with 40 metres. Yeah. Well, like, well, the second rowers it? aren't playing in the middle. So I, I get it. And your wingers are still doing a lot of hit-ups and stuff like that. But then there's not anybody else for the Titans that gets close to having half the amount of hit-ups as Tino's having. So yeah. someone else get in and take some of the runs from him yep. because it was well, just... The first five minutes he came onto the field, you could see that he was pissed off because he had two or three hit-ups every set of six because so nobody was pulling their weight. The and other he blokes was, fucking he knew he had to make sort of blow. It's amazing. Right. And we've seen him. Actually, one of the best he came across was that um, when him and the documentary series yeah, I did yeah. about him yeah, last year. But... Backing up he, off a big origin a, game as he well. He is a bloke you would build any club around. Like, incre- incredible, incredible. I could not speak highly enough about him. Uh, he might even salute him later. We'll see. But um, to build a to build a club around, he's someone you'd want. And it's amazing. I, I just understand how people try so hard and then others couldn't, seems like couldn't give a shit, which we'll get to. Well, we get the Sunday games, I suppose. But, um, yeah, amazing. What, what, what state is this competition in? Like I've said, when it's a race to the bottom, and uh, Scotty, good mate Scotty from uh, Rugby League Merch, has just sent through officially right now. Titans are 16th on the ladder after Canterbury's win. And for and against. Yes. There, yep. right. So they're now 16th. They might have been, Canterbury might have been in front of the Tigers, actually. But um, so they're now bottom. <laughs> but, bye, Oliver. Bye, Ollie. See you, mate. Keep me a northern way up. But uh, now he's gone. But what state are we now? Hol- realistically, Holbrook's not going to last a season. O'Brien will be lucky no. to last a season. How do you have a competition that you're about to in- you're about to inject another team into? And you've just sacked five or six coaches. And you have fucking five clubs without a coach. And well, they're how, all... How, how do, and they don't give a shit. You watch your Tigers and the Warriors play, you have you have a dozen players who aren't accountable, who, who are playing worse, under interim coaches who have nothing to win. And you're going to this comp... Like, at some point in the next... Um, by the time this uh, season finishes, we'll be doing 20-minute shows because there's four games you can't talk about. And out of those I'll be six losing teams, by 40. five of them are going backwards at a they're, dramatic they're going rate. Like, they're just, but like, how is this a competition? It's not a competition. But and they're yeah. going to weaken the pool further. Well, your better half was saying before the show, Daggy, and she's 100% right. There's more teams that can run last in this comp than can win it. Yes. The at race the moment, to the bottom if, is... If we're looking at it realistically, there is six probably only two chances. teams can win it, and six teams are in line to win the wooden yeah. spoon. 100%. 100%. And they'll have no coach. So how, why would they, how can the players be motivated? How can, like this? One team could catch fire for a month, and maybe you could say there's and it's three, probably three the Bulldogs, teams, which we'll get to. And it's like, like the rest of them will get beat by 40 every week, and it just, it just deflates the stats, and... 
inflates the for and against, and it'd just be a Penrith Cowboys grand final. And like, why are we bothering? Like, it's it's very. I don't know. It, it's a little bit point I was going to make uh, before the break was that uh, the Tigers haven't won a game in a month and have gone up three spots on a ladder. So how was the rest of the competition <laughs> going? Like, wow, Good point. What a comp. Good point. Uh, anyway, we get to Saturday afternoon where. The Roosters and Melbourne had a very, very good game. Actually, both Saturday night games were tremendous, so I thought I really they enjoyed were. both of them. Uh, and if you can't tell I'm smothering, it's because I've closed the app. Fantastic games of footy. Roosters 18, yeah, defeated by the Storm 26. Yeah. Three tries to five. Three out of three conversions played three out of five for the, the Storm. 78% completion played 86%. 30 out of 38 sets played 33 out of 38 sets. Two line breaks from the Roosters, eight by the Storm. 11 offloads to 8, 1-4 dropout by the Storm. 0-40-20s, 357 tackles played 329, 3 ruck infringements against the Storm, 3 inside the 10 against the Roosters and 1 against the Storm. 8 penalties conceded to 1, 11 errors to 8. Butcher made 56 tackles, King with 36, Tedesco with 239 running metres and Ollum with 191. Hutchinson missed 6 tackles, made 29. Manu missed 4 and made 19. Satili missed five, made 35. Olam missed six and made 11. Seve with 127 supercoach points. Kafusi with 106. Meany with 76. And Butcher with 74. Yeah, I thought in the preview the, the centres would be the key for Melbourne. I just went the wrong one. But <laughs> uh, I thought East were good. I thought East were pretty good. Uh, and losing key personnel at key times didn't help them. No, not at all. Uh, in a very, very good game. This was high-quality game. It was semi-final quality, as was the next game we'll get to, Barn. Uh, but what was your take on it? And I'll pick a party in between. Oh, it was back and forth for the entire game um, until the you know Storm sort of ran away with it in that last 10 or 15 minutes. And I think that was just due to the, the injuries and you know Roosters playing a few blokes out of position. Um, the first two tries were probably the biggest highlights of the... Um, of the of the game, to be honest, oh, Suwali's try saver was probably the first highlight in the corner there, and then the next set of six they go up the other end, and he scores the first try of the match. But that pick up and pass from Kafusi off his bootlaces to put <laughs> put the center away that High was quality. fantastic. Did a really, and he was yeah, oh mate, he he was brilliant in this game, Kafusi. Um, spoilers, he actually got my man of the match. I thought he was the best player on the field, but um, yeah, the. They were, as I said, a couple of highlight moments. Uh, Melbourne's outside backs, and their ball runners actually just seemed to run that bit harder than the Roosters did. And that, at the end of the day, that was sort of what got them home in this game, I think. They they seemed to challenge the line a little bit more, especially the centres and back rowers, than what the uh, than what the Roosters did. Um, they just got a bit deeper and ran a bit harder. Um, Collins was pretty good on the backup, I thought, from uh, for the Roosters team. Tupanua and Crichton were good, but I just want to see that little bit more out of them. You know, back end of last year, they were everywhere, and they, they're just they're doing a job, but I think there's a little bit more they could get out of those two, uh, especially close to the line. Um, I thought Crichton was tremendous again. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems to be favouring his defence a little bit more. I don't, he just seems to have lost a, an edge in his attacking game to me this year. But um, uh, Satili... Stu- Tupanua was good again. Um, Butcher was the best Roosters forward. Uh, Teddy was okay. Manu, he doesn't seem to get... like He was pretty much all their creative play in the middle of the field. He'd float in and sort of end up in the middle of the field and then manage... He set up two tries. Um, he was bouncing around everywhere. And he, The best thing about the next month is he's going to play 5-8. It's absolutely the best thing about the next month because that, that grubber through of yeah. the one-handed grubber, like, just... 
and Sawali's turning into a very consistent, um, good first grader. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see where he goes uh, in the next couple of years. Cheese was pretty quiet, I thought. Um, you know, didn't really have a lot of involvement. He didn't get a, a lot of minutes either, but um, he just seemed a little bit off. Hughes had some really nice passing touches, but probably wasn't involved as he could have been. Good to see the young fella Anderson get his double on Dabu. Um, he looks like a likely type too. Runs the ball very hard. Um, Meany and Kenny Bromwich were pretty good, um, as as well as King. Seve's best game in first grade. Easily, I thought. Um, the way he was running onto the ball at times was scary. <laughs> he was running over the top of blokes. And that try where he cut through on the 45-degree angle and just burned everyone. They didn't get anywhere near him. And yeah, I already said Kafusi was massive in this game. Ollie, you've, uh, you have Joey Martin in your top ten players. I would suggest he's pushing top five. Jeez, he's a good player. But he doesn't get the opportunity. Like, he is a legit... I would say he's a better player than a Matt Burton and a better player than those sort of blokes. And he just he's just a fella hanging out in the centres. Well, he's shown <laughs> When he gets the opportunity, I, and he, if, I assume Kiri's going to have some time off. So if he's playing six, he could be a scary six. Like, I've spruiked him as I'd love to see him at first a full-time fullback at another club, but he could be a 5'8 easily as well. Well, I'm going to say this early as maybe a bold prediction now. By the end of the year, I think there's a good chance he will be a World Cup winning fullback. I, I think, and he's going to be a key player in that, but that's later this year. 100%. I think it, it's just his versatility, right? He has played world-class games, centre, fullback, and 5'8", and that's really what put him into that top 10 for me because he's done it over a variety of positions. Some players can also do that. A lot of them can't, though, but he's one of them. Um I just want to back you up on Marion Seve as well because I know you said Kafusi was your best player and I agree, but I thought, yeah, 100% Seve, one of his best games in first grade. He's probably, for the first time in a couple of years, I'd say, been probably pushed further out of Melbourne's team than he has before. Mm. So I think he's really just trying to earn his place at the moment. So I was really impressed with Seve. But one thing I was sort of um, surprised by a little bit overall, it's you, you can't really tell unless you sort of look at the ladder if you just judge teams off their form, but... The Roosters are currently below Parramatta and South Sydney on the ladder. They're currently eighth. Now, I don't, maybe a couple of you boys disagree, think, but no, I think I, the Roosters are be a better. They're a better. Well, they're a better team than South Sydney and Parramatta is what I was going to bring up. So I think, despite the loss, they put on a great effort against a team who, I think, realistically could still win the comp. So I think the Roosters are still up there, and we talk about sort of mid-season stretches. If they go through a stretch, I've not looked at their next few weeks, but if they go through a relatively easy sort of run, I think they can put a few wins together and maybe not be premiership contenders like we were tipping at the start of the year, but sort of be up there pushing top four. Yeah, I thought it was a high-quality game, I agree, and I think the big turning point in the game, and I think it could have gone the other way, if Tupanua takes the kick from Walker and scores, oh, scores at that point win. in the yeah. game. If they score that try, the Roosters probably win the game. So I don't know that there's that much between. This wasn't on the scoreboard in the end. Yeah, the Roosters were good and lost key personnel at different times throughout the game, but I don't know what they will do about the six. If they play Manu at six... I think it leaves them very skinny in the centres because Momorovsky's going like a bust that really is. What they'll do is play Hutchinson and I don't think that advantages them apart from giving them a kicker. That's what... If they put Manu at six, I don't know they've got an option in the centres unless they put Suwali in the centres. Suwali, I'd say, would go to centres. Smith's terrible. And put Naguama on the wing. Like, at least, you know, Naguama, you know, he's not... 
greatest player, but at least he's on the wing. He does a job. He's a decent finisher. He can take a high ball. So Do you take a risk on Connor Watson at six? You know, possibly, but then, where he but, started out, but wasn't then they don't really have then a nine yeah. <laughs> either. So <laughs> I, I think that they're that. Vero's gone for the year. You know, they're pushing... I'm not sure so. with that, but they're pushing around with, with depth now and, and what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think Mana would be the answer at six, but they've probably got to put Suwali in the centres and, and Naguama or somebody onto the wing. Teddy to six, Suwali to fullback. Wow. Well, th- th- again, I, they're It'll options. Work, but it's, they're yeah. options, but... It takes some balls well, to Manu do it. To, fullback. To, yeah. to do that, Manu to fullback and, and yeah. Suwali in the centres or... or Teddy's, you know Whatever. Teddy's going to touch a ball as much as so, Jackson Hastings anyway, just, so you may as well put him at six. Look, I think the next couple of weeks are big for the Roosters. As we said, they're eighth on the ladder. I know that, that Parramatta will get to them their game today, but the Roosters play Parramatta next week. It's a big game for both teams. Ooh. Like, wow. the Roos- wow. you know, the Roosters wow. lose, they're not in the eight. And That's Parramatta, we know they play better against the better teams, so do we have a bounce back from them next week? And then you've got the international round coming in, up too. We in, just hope, the, fingers crossed, there's not injuries in, to In multiple terms teams. of that, so, yeah. like, I just think that they're sort of on that precipice now. I just don't know whether the teams below will win enough games to put them out. That's probably <laughs> the thing. Like, will your Raiders and your Manleys and teams like that win enough games to take over the Roosters? But I think that they're pushing the edge. I think Melbourne sort of did enough to win. I don't know that any of their stars were great. No. Your, your Harrys and your Munster still had a had a good game, but not as good as Munster but he was still good enough. Yeah. I, I think I think Melbourne will take not losing. For, I'm not going to judge Melbourne harshly no. until we get to round 20. I think it's a big win for them coming out of Oregon. And, and if, they, if they do that, if they win some shitty games by whatever, fine, cool, because you're going to reset. They, they know, and Billy know, they're going to reset They'd probably be happy not to um, not to have rested anyone and just give another game under their belt. And, and they've got two points, and none of their stars really had to do were great. Much. Yeah, so and they've they got two points. That's so probably a four-point game for them. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, we get to the other game of the weekend, which is a, tri- a really tremendous game: Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> there are a few more games on the Sorry, weekend, I've but just, anyway. I've got Newcastle and Canberra. I've gone around Brisbane and Canberra. The so Brisbane Broncos. Next week, Canberra play Newcastle, which <laughs> yes. is why I've gone to Brisbane and the Raiders 24-18 in a game that I feel if um, Raiders had any halves, they should have won. But outstanding game and some tremendous individual performances, Barney. But talk us through some stats. Yeah, we had four tries to three. Three out of four conversions played three out of three for the Raiders. and One out of one penalty goal attempts for the Broncos. 86% completion for Brisbane, 71% for the Raiders. 32 out of 37 sets played 27 out of 38. Six line breaks to five, 33 tackle busts to 39. 12 offloads to 21 for the Raiders. Three force dropouts by the Raiders. 327 tackles played 358. Two ruck infringements to one. Two penalties conceded by the Broncos, three conceded by the Raiders. Five errors to 11. Carrigan made 46 tackles, White. Whitehead with 40, Flegler with 196 running metres, and Tarpany with 240. Walters missed six tackles, made 32. Uh, Timory, Martin missed five, made five. Whiten missed five and made 20. And Elliott missed four and made 28. Uh, Horsburgh with 97 supercoach points. Tarpany with 95. Elliott with 92. And then Flegler with 83. Closely followed by Carrigan on 82. I really I enjoyed this game as I did the prior one, but... Um 
I'll, I'll leave it to smarter people that haven't had been drinking since uh, midday to talk about this. But uh, Patrick Harrigan in the backup was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Ezra Mam and Reynolds is the key. Uh, how good they were! Uh, very good for a long time. Uh, and I thought, but I thought Canberra matched Brisbane, a team I'm really bullish on in Brisbane. Uh, and Canberra looked every bit a top eight team. I think the only piece missing was the halves, as I said before. If they had said halves, they win this game. Their execution in the back of the game when they were down personnel, uh, when Brisbane were down personnel, was disappointing. And there was no play for repeat sets. There was no setup. There was Jack White and Ben Jack Whiten, which is obviously one of the best centres in the game, but not playing in that role. And it uh, was disappointing in a way. But um, full credit, Brisbane. They finished the game with uh, no bench and were very tough getting through it. Carrigan on the backup, outstanding. Uh, Adam Reynolds was very, very good until he went off. And um, who else do I want to talk about? We'll talk, I'll talk about the other uh, Canberra Fords as you go through it, Barn. But one of the performances of the season by Joseph Tarpane, uh We talked about Tina earlier, but he was incredible. He was like mind-blowing how well he was going and still going for a long time through it. Breaking tackles, offloading, tackling... Lanky footwork. This is a bloke that they didn't. They half wanted out of the club at the start of the year. Like it, it's incredible the turnaround for him. He's now in the conversation for best prop in the game. So very, very, uh, very impressed by that barn. But what do you take of? Yeah, his last month's been uh, tremendous. Tarpany. He's um, <laughs> as you said, he's got everything. He's a big, strong. They generally don't get him to the ground at all. <laughs> I don't know how many times he had three and four blokes hanging off him and they just couldn't get him to the ground. He's got a, a really good offload on him. Can pass short as well, and he hits he hits hard in defence. So um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic game from him. I think the Raiders probably let this one slip, as yep. you as you mentioned. I think they'll be pretty disappointed that they um, they lost this one. And I thought they were probably the better team for large chunks of the game, and they just every time they seem to have an opportunity, they drop the, they drop the fucking thing. <laughs> they they gave away a penalty. They did something stupid. Um, with all the injuries, yeah, the Raiders should have got it done. The Broncos were were really tough, though, especially that last 15, 20 minutes. Um, Walters went into halfback when Reynolds went down, and I thought he did a pretty good job in there, really actually. Good, so really he, um, His kicks were clean. It was, yeah, yeah, he, it was he set them up. He made sure they were getting to the right position. They weren't sort of busting holes or anything, but they were doing what they needed to to, to stay in this game. Um, Herbie was a constant threat and problem for the Raiders' defence until he got injured, and obviously it's sad to see that he won't play for the rest of the year, but... He, um, he, he's been getting better and better week by week, so you know, we'll see how Hopefully he goes when he comes back next Cup, year. Well, well, that's what I was going to say. He would just about the way it's English plays, the first-picked player out of anyone for England, so it, it is sad. Yeah, Pereira um, was pretty good. Uh, he hasn't played a lot of footy, but um, him and same with Branko Lee. I thought they were pretty good um, coming into the side for the Broncos. And their halves were, were very strong. Man, man was an absolute handful ball in hand. Um, he's one of those guys that seems to just sort of play a little bit off the top of his head. And people aren't real sure what he's going to do. He's got good footwork and he's um, he's hard to tackle. So he's um, it'd be good to see how he goes coming through. Flegler off the bench again was amazing. Close to 200 metres with 50-odd minutes, I think, he played in this game. Um, <coughs> he's growing into a serious front row option. And if they didn't have Hassan Carrigan, he'd probably be starting for most other teams in the comp. Um, 
and Kerrigan as well. They were brilliant, uh, the pair of those two. So Savage had his moments. He, he looked like he was going to cause some problems here and there, but then his head exploded felt, felt a few times as well. Times, yeah. Oh, mate, some of the... What is he, 19? 1920, yeah, he yeah. made a couple of real poor errors, and um, <laughs> but he he, he did um, he did some good things as well. Uh, Fogarty, I thought was very good. Um, his kicking game and his structure was really good, but he was let down by um, some of his outside runners who seemed to drop the ball, or Whiten would take it and run around in circles out in the centre somewhere. Um, I, I think he's, great. he's he'll be better the, the longer he plays. Uh, Horsburgh was brilliant and. So was Elliot and Hudson Young. They they seem to be working as a pack at the moment, and they all sort of lift at the same time, which makes it really hard for the other team. And you've already mentioned Tarpany. I can't say much more about him. So, well, I can't say too much more about this game because Barney, your great self, has covered a lot of it off. But one thing is, and I'm not saying he was necessarily even close to the best player on the field, but one of the things I really have liked in rugby league over the past couple of years, one of the things that's got me excited about the game, and I think I brought up multiple occasions, is great defensive efforts from centres. I don't know, it's just that that bit extra effort. He wasn't necessarily great in attack, but Branko Lee, really good in defence for Brisbane. That's just something I noticed. I think he was okay in attack too. He was okay, but like comparatively to like an amazing attacking effort for a centre, I don't think it was quite there, but he made up for it in his defence. If if Herbie goes, I think think they'll be okay with Branko. And they've got uh, Tessie New coming back too, which... You wouldn't be dropping. Yeah. I wouldn't be dropping Martin yet. So now, Barney, I'm not sure if you got the stat, but I don't think he actually missed a tackle, and I think he got something up near 20 tackles, which yeah, for, I think it was. for a centre, that is really good. The one other thing I'll say about the game is, uh, remember when he used to go on all the time about how I love Jamal Fogarty and he was the greatest person on earth. I'm now sad. <laughs> I'm now sad. He was fine, come. I can't believe the Raiders lost in the end. Like, even in, in listening to Barney's analysis, and he went through all the Raiders players that were good, and there are a lot of them. In, in the end, they haven't won the game, and a game really for the last 20 minutes, Brisbane had no one on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, the time that Reynolds stayed on when he was on for the last <laughs> five or six busted. minutes was busted and, and couldn't really do anything. And they had troops missing and you just thought Canberra were going to steamroll them in the end and probably win by 10 or 12 points. Am I wrong in saying and it's a hard issue? Well, well, I, think it's I a don't know issue. because people have said Fogarty did all right, I played did, a pretty yeah. good game and and Whiten is Whiten. So, oh, look, I don't know. There, and there's lots of games that the Raiders play that are like it that, you know, they go all right. Is it that they don't still have that X-Factor player that I've spoken about for a yeah, long they time. Don't. And even, you know, when you try and look for try score, and not that betting's everything, but you try and do a same-game multi with Canberra, yep. okay, and yeah. you think, what players do I put in that uh, <laughs> a lock to score a try? Like, you've got your Johnstons and your Addo Cars you and bet, all those kinds of players. You better throw in, if you're going to do that in a Canberra game, you better throw in, in a back row. Well, that's, that's right. It's you a just don't or see it's a Hudson Young who, who it is. Like, Hudson Young was good. Tarpany was good. Horsburgh was good. Starling, when he came off the what bench, was all right. Best Wolf, Wolford was good. You know, Kotrick had a, had a Starling's decent underused. game for Starling only plays. He was he looked the most dangerous in that back twenty, and but then they built that. He'll make twenty meters off through the ruck, and then nothing happens. So yeah, I just I thought I, I didn't don't think Fogarty was. Well, neither I did I. More from Fogarty. So did I. Yeah. Look, I think it's a big two points for Brisbane because moving forward, Hassel's going to be out for a while. Herbie's gone. Reynolds yeah, has probably concerns. gone for a while. So you know, you take them out of the, the you team. You now find out the start. 
the next know, four weeks is going to be going to be big, big for the Broncos. But it's a big win. Two point. It's two points they probably shouldn't have got. And they'll and, celebrate that as such and rightly and, so. And two points that Canberra, if they miss the eight at the end of the year by a win, which is is. Likely, then that's the one that's got away for them. Yeah. In terms of oh, that, absolutely. like that's a game that they definitely should have won. When you look at checks and balances at the end of the year, like it was, well, I definitely just very I, confused in that last twenty minutes. They were going yeah, side to side. I'm sitting and here just wondering just, how they didn't you, like, put that you, game you, to bed. And, and the thing, if, if you somehow simplify it and have Frawley running a show. And just get bought the ball out to White, and he probably crashes over and scores. Over well, the do game. they play White in at centre? Well, the New it, South Wales playing centre, he was good. Do they go Frawley and Fogarty and Frawley? It takes balls. Do you need a coach to do it? And or even thirteen? Put Tarpany into the front row. Yeah, I would have him in the centres, and he could he could be a Val Holmes. He could be a. I don't. Yeah, I'm still perplexed as to how they didn't win the game. So, I look, I can't say any more than that. Barney and, and everybody I, else I, I sort of wrapped it up in that Canberra, way. Canberra, I think you did too, Barn. I did. And uh, I watched the last ten minutes thinking Canberra win this. I tipped until just before the game, then looked at the teams and thought, I just can't pick Canberra. In the end, and in the end, it, I, I turned out to be only because I just looked player for player, and I thought Brisbane were better side. And that's why Gump and I are smart. I was more worried about um, the, the Broncos forwards on the backup, to be honest. I thought Haas would be down a bit and Carrigan probably not as, at his at his best. But Young and fit. Carrigan was fantastic. They're fitter, as we said actually, before. Haas did go saying, off, which did make a bit make of an impact. I make a point impact, of saying that, uh, yeah, 100%. I make a point of saying that I think everyone bar Haas that backed up from origin was tremendous. Pretty I think much. Anyone, like, mm. it's, it's, it's almost like a non-event now. They, all, they take pride in doing it. No one off, no one rested. Why Papa Lee only got 22 minutes, unless he was sore as and couldn't run. I like, that last planned. 15, 20, but it. that last 15 minutes, they needed him out there. They, yeah. You had Tarpany doing things, and if you had that one-two oh, punch know, through the middle camera. of the field. Yeah, 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 and yeah, he only yeah. played 23 minutes in origin. That's what I mean. I, I d- I d- he, must, he must be carrying something. He must be carrying something. Because that last 15 minutes, I'm like, when are they going to put him back on? Because right, if they bring him back on, he makes a massive difference through the middle there. But Yeah, Adam Elliott was good again. Yeah, uh, it was he'll fantastic. be good for Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle are actually on the right track for next year. You know, Find a couple of halves, they'll be all right. Getting out of 15th. But whatever it all means, what are we saying? Three, two, one. Tarpany, Carrigan, and then I had either Flegler or Ezra Mann for the one point. Ah, give it to Ezra. Yep. You like me some Ezra. Sunday kicked off with 30 to 4, was it? The, uh, it was. Manly. Was it? I wouldn't know. One try to five, zero out of one conversions for the Tigers, four out of five for Manly, and one out of one penalty goal attempt. 75% completion played 84. 25 out of 33 sets played 38 out of 45. <laughs> 430 plus running metres and 210 plus post contact metres for the Manly side. Two line breaks to nine. 23 tackle busts for the Tigers, 50 for Manly. Eight offloads to 11. One force dropout from both teams. 382 tackles played 293. One ruck infringement against Manly. One inside the 10 against the Tigers. Nine penalties conceded by the Tigers to three from Manly. Nine errors from both teams and a send-off for the Tigers. 12 with 44 tackles. Croker with 43. Mamalo with 177 running metres and Aloyer with 224. Brooks missed eight tackles, made 39. Naden missed six and made nine. Laurie, five and five. Foran missed six and made 21. And Tupu missed four and made 16. Wooden spoon battle? <laughs> it's on. 
Supercoach points, LAA with 121. Garrick with 121. Olakawatu with 112. And Offahengawi with 83. Now, we... Apparently, it probably wasn't the coach's fault, I'm going to be honest. But uh, <laughs> it was. here's the thing, it's the state around the comp where we now have this situation, as I said earlier, where five teams have no, no actual coach. What motivation is there for them to get any better? Because to me, there's none. If And at, at late in this game, Tigers were good for half an hour. 20 minutes, half an hour, yep. And dominated, yeah, and, and dominated the forward pack and blah, 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 like I, I think I've said for 15 rounds now. Uh, but... There's a pretty simple thing when it comes back to it is the four fittest teams in the comp are running one, two, three, four. Uh, Madge tried to flog them in the preseason and two years back, and uh, uh, the highest paid winger in the comp went and whinged to the CEO, and apparently he's not allowed to do that anymore. So here we are with this team full of fellas that pretend to be first graders, and uh, this is what they produce every week. There's legitimately four first graders in this team. And I hope they re-sign him. And I hope from next week that Noddy just goes and picks the 20s and puts them in there because it was embar- that back half was embarrassing. There's no motivation. There's nothing. Like, what am I supposed to say about these? But I don't know that it's, that it's the fact that there's an interim coach, Daggy, because these guys, it's they still their care. job. Not, like, now but they, they're still playing point, for contracts for other teams. That's my point. Now like, they have to be accountable for themselves, like, and they're not accountable. Who, who in this team is going to get a job somewhere else? They can't fucking tackle, man. Well, That's right. <laughs> There's one bloke who can tackle, and it's tackle. Alex Twild. And yes, I would sign him. Yeah. I would sign uh, Hastings and Dewey, and I might sign Dane Lowe. The rest of them, you'll just say, go do your best. See us. We Have a look at the five tries, and three of them were just pathetic It's, 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 it's embarrassing. Just, it's yeah. embarrassing for me to sit there as a jumper and, and be part of it, and I do it every week, and it makes me sad. <laughs> And I wake up at 6am this morning and think about it, and it makes you sadder. I'm but, only um, wearing this one because I'm cold. Oh, me too. But the, what, what the was point, it? The first try of the match, LOA just... Uh, walked straight through. Did Jake just passed it back into... Short ball back on the inside, and he walked past three blokes yeah. who just waved at him as he went past. But, like, I don't know what this team hopes to achieve. How this team doesn't run last by a gap is now beyond me, because the rest of them you wouldn't feed. Well, I just think that there's some teams that are worse... This one Maybe. might have... Yeah, but say that, but, it, but oh, how, 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 I don't know how you then watch the top four teams be fit and the, the board doesn't back the coach. At, I'm going back two years now. This is this poll's already bolted. Like like I said, you'd sign Dewey, you'd sign Hastings, you'd sign Twilight and you'd sign Laurie and you'd just say, see you later. If no, if we can find a job in Super League, good luck to him because no, no team in Australia is going to sign him again. Not on He's on 750 or something. Like, And they're all best mates with the board, which is more. like that's This is where it comes from. It's fucking can, disgusting, and I don't talk about Mike. Kamali did make a change. You could see it in that first 20, 30 minutes. They played a different style of attack in that first 20, 30 mm. minutes, and it gassed them at the end of the game, to be honest. But that first half an hour, there was lots of different angles. There was lots of different support runners. They were changing angles, and they had blokes on either side all through the middle there, and it did trouble the, uh, the Manly side there for that first 20 minutes of the game. But as I said, then you have Naden drops the ball over the line, then there's an error into a penalty into another error, I think it was, and then LOEA just scores untouched under the post for the first try of the game. They hit back, score, you know, Garner scores over on the other side, but then after that, they were gassed. They were walking. Half the team Because they, didn't were, tra- they didn't like want to train. <laughs> Half the team didn't Seriously. look like they, they could um, get out of, a, having out of a job. having drinks with fucking Pasco every Friday night, and then, like, anyway, cares. And it didn't look like they could get out of a jog there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was about four blokes in this team that were decent, and um, that was about it for the Tigers. Their defence got cut to pieces for you know the last 50 minutes of the night. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't just them 
waving at blokes when they ran past. The outside edges got carved up by Garrick and Co. out there, Cooler and the rest of them out in the centres. So, um, in hindsight, Garrick probably should have been a super coach by a few weeks back, but anyway. Hastings had a lot of touches for very little results, um, which is becoming a more common theme. They just mark up on him and it's a bad on his metric, supports. But he's a bloke that touches the ball 300 games and gets 20 super coach points. What does it actually say? Like, what does it say the rest of your points of attack? Well, they're numbering up on his outside because he's not that, running that often. They've been trying to shop so, little bits for teams to fucking three years and no one wants him. So what's that say about the He needs to like, put his head down and yeah. take on the line a little bit more. I think it might free him up a little bit to play ball on the outside. But, um, yeah, as I said, there's nothing left in the Tigers' side after the 30 minutes. And the second half was um, just a procession for Manly. I thought... Um, Mamalo had some nice touches and was decent out in the wing for the Tigers. Garner was okay. Um, and Offen Gowie and Twelve were very strong in the middle. They did their, did their work, the defence and their hit ups. But other than that, there's nobody else worth mentioning in that team. Naden was had an absolute shocker and ended up getting himself sent off. Um, Leilua did his older brother's um, trick of just fucking jogging around the field, not looking for work and being very uninterested while he was out there for the majority of the game. Um, Be surprised if he lasts the next three weeks. <laughs> Jake and Croker did a job. They were good in the middle for Manly. Cooler looked very dangerous. Um, seems to be growing into a decent first grader. Schuster was better than Foran, so I don't know what that says going forward when you put DC back into the team. I dare say he probably still plays in the back row, but he's looking like probably a better option than Foran at the moment at six. Um, LEA and Garrick were really, really good through the middle of the field, and Ola Kawatu, I thought, was the best player out there. Yeah, did I. I can't say too much more than, than people have said. Ola Kawadu was unbelievable, I thought, and she is a blueprint for the effort that the Tigers probably needed to show. It, it's it's effort-based. I don't think that the Tigers get very much out of their back five out of yardage. I think that they these good teams that front-load their first three tackles, that with energy and whatnot from their back three, like I know that look Mamalo, at look I know at he does hit-ups, but it's... Like it's he wouldn't, job. he wouldn't run through us. No. Like they, they're not look hard. Look what May and Correct. Tuo does. And, and like yeah. Tuolungi and, and and those guys and Cobo and Coates and and blokes like that that are. Well, Tuolungi really got a job for next year. You haven't seen him since. You haven't seen him off Nobby since. So it's no, yeah. he's talking about the Cowboys one. But but I mean, yeah. But in terms <laughs> oh, of sorry, of, no, of that, yeah, 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 that yeah. are front front loading their their sets. The Tigers, there's nothing coming out of yardage and. And they're leaving it up to, to blokes like your twals and, and whatnot that to make yardage, but they've got to do that off the front foot. They're not doing it off the front foot. Ollie's about to explode. <laughs> well, the one th- the one big thing that you guys haven't said, taking out of this one that I've sort of taken, and it's probably because I'm a Titans fan. I don't think the Tigers will finish last. I've now sort of realised that it will be the Titans and the reason as to why is, and we did talk about this before during the Titans game, the Tigers still have some semblance of a spine. Dewey and Hastings, they've got something... He's not back, he's not, yeah. they won't let he, him play. He, Dewey's not back, but when he is <laughs> back... Yeah, was a club going anyway. The Tigers only need to win one more game to be safe from the spoon, let's True. be honest, because... The, well, like, this is what we've been talking about, and again, it's, it's me sort of going back to the Titans, but realistically, the Titans do have some semblance of a spine. The spine looks better than the Titans, and at the end of the day, this is what I think will save them from the spoon, to be honest. Like, I, I, I can't tip the Tigers to win the wooden spoon if Dewey and Hastings are there, which Dewey will be well, there Well, I don't think either of your teams enough. will get the spoon, but anyway. 
Bulldogs still? No, I think the Warriors. Warriors are on the way. That would be because because Warriors will go. Warriors will go. We'll get to that. Warriors will go home soon, and they do uh, have Curran back, and they've got Aiken. They've got a all the Knights. The Warriors go home, and half the players won't go home with them. So it's like. but we, once you throw Prosecco yeah, back in this team, look, Manly are okay. They're going to fit. You know, they're a, a tenth. They're, they're, they're they'll fine. trouble the bottom of the eight. Yeah, they'll, 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 they might pick off a, a, a Cronulla or something like that if they play like they did the other day. But uh, Olakawatu, superstar of the game, should be in origin. Apparently won't be. What's it all mean? I don't know. Tonga will be good. Tonga will be good. Tonga will be good. Do we have to add any more of this game? No, Hamali three oh. points. Garrick with two. And then I had Aloye with one. Yeah, I think yep. I'm fine with that too. 42-6, the Panthers defeated the Knights up at Broadmeadow there. Uh, there it was. What a game, eh? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it played out how we all expected. I think uh, everyone in the same game multi got paid <laughs> off on this, so good on them. Yeah. Yep. One try to seven. One out of one conversions played six out of seven for Penrith and one out of one penalty attempts. 73% completion played 90% for Penrith. 28 out of 38 sets played 37 out of 41. 570 plus run metres and 180 plus post contact metres for the Panthers. Three line breaks to eight. 30 tackle busts to played 40. Five offloads to nine. One force dropout for Newcastle. 140-20 for Penrith. Beautiful 40-20 as well. 394 tackles played 335. Two ruck infringements against Penrith, one inside the 10 for the Knights and two for Penrith. Seven penalties conceded to four, nine errors to six. Randall made 60 tackles, Appy made 45. Young made 192 running metres and To'o made 268. He's back over 250. Yes. He's back. Gay guy missed 10 tackles and made 14. He wasn't wearing a maroon jersey, that's why. Uh, He's last month. If you go back and have a look at it, mate, he's been missing so many tackles the last month. Um, Fitzgibbon missed four and made 39. Crichton missed five and made nine. And Luai missed five and made 15. Brian Toto with 116 supercoach points. Cleary with 106. Crichton with 100. Then four other Penrith players before you got to Clemmer on 65 points. What are you supposed to say? Oh, what are you even supposed to say about this? Well, for one, Nathan Cleary, one of the things he was criticised for in Origin was his kicking game. It was an uncharacteristically bad kicking game for him. So he thought, you know what, I'm going to come out against these absolute geeks and yeah, I'm going to put in a really good <laughs> kicking performance. Oh, who would have thunk it? Um, also, someone who I've been really hyping up the past couple of weeks, so I'm going to continue to do so. James Fisher-Harris is continuing his really strong... Another... New Zealand international, who's going to be, uh, as we are talking off air, a big influence on this World Cup later this year and the game against Tonga. Uh, he's really coming into form do at the right time Do we have to do the show through the World Cup? I haven't thought about this. Let's do it at this wavelength every week. Anyway. Completely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well... Anyway, well, those were probably yeah. the just, biggest takeaways. I'll just go for Italy just to make me even <laughs> the, like, feel like, like Vince. it's a regular um, game. The, well, this probably <laughs> the big the, 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 the two biggest time. takeaways for me, other than Brian Toto, another player who's sort of been coming back from injury the past few weeks, not quite being himself. People were actually questioning whether or not he should have been picked for New South Wales. People are now questioning whether he will be picked for game two over at Car. I've heard as well, which maybe up until this game. Was a bit. Adokar might get picked, but Toto back to his 
Daggy um, not winning, but Daggy um, leading form uh, at, at the first half of last season. So, Well, Tuo was much better than Tupu in, for New mm. South Wales. There's no way you could have dropped him off that performance. He still Tupu made close to 100 metres. But then, was I don't know. Too. I thought... I, don't know, I thought Tupou was a little bitter. I, I, I wouldn't drop either of them, no. But. I don't care, I'll get picked for him. Anyway. He probably will. And will you can't will, blame will, him will it go for a little bit? No, no my comment on the game is basically that I think Penrith took it easy. I think they yeah, could have won by did. 80. Yes. Yeah. To, to be honest, I think Penrith could score when they wanted to score. Yep. And it was a clinic, it was a training run. At best, that was it. You, like, know, you know how you know it was a training run? Because all the origin players stayed in the field. That's right. Like, it was it was a training run for Penrith just to, well, you know, and because did they a could. Job, but most weeks when they're on, they rip teams apart and they just sort of jog through the line for most of this you game. You know, yeah. that Newcastle aren't offering much. Um, when Ponga went off, made it probably worse for them. Um, Clemmer has a go in the middle. But other than that, they Look, I don't know that they're offering much. The only other one that I think is really improving at a rapid rate is Dom Young. He's another one that you probably would pick in the England team. I, I don't follow the Super League that much. I, but I believe he's committed to Jamaica, well, actually. Like, well, honestly, I mean, Jamaica. Yeah, like, but, I mean, he, he'd probably be in the, the, the England team. You know, he, he's carrying the ball out strong. He's another winger that's doing a lot of hit-ups, a lot of yards. But they, they're not getting much else from... Anyone else? Look, Penrith. You, what do you say? Like, they they're, they're, they all play well every week. They they never really have a player that's that's weak, and that's why they're the best team because that they, they all know their job. They Absolutely. all do their job, and it's it's that simple for them. And you know, they played a little bit different. Yo didn't play either, so they didn't have that the thirteen passing the ball out to Cleary and, and Luai, but they still made space and got it to the blokes that needed to get it to score the points. So, you know, I think you can say probably less about Penrith games than you can about Tigers, Titans and and yeah. Warriors games probably because so it's the, the back end it's of this season is going to be a boring podcast because it's it's going to be a lot of the same. But you get the same every week from from Penrith and looking at their draw, I'm tipping that by round twenty one they'll be twenty and one. Mm-hmm. In, in looking at their draw, I can't see a team in the next four or five rounds beating them. Um, I think they play Melbourne around round twenty-two. Who, you know, who knows by then what the personnel will be? But barring major catastrophe for injuries for Penrith, you know that they'll have wrapped the minor premiership up. I think a few rounds from the end. Probably this the next year. four weeks. Well, done, well, just off the back of what you're saying, Gump, and I'm not saying. A- a North Queensland or Brisbane couldn't make the grand final as a bit of a surprise, but if I've still got to put the house on it, I'm tipping a Penrith Melbourne grand Look, final. I, to, I, to be honest, like I'm, that's where my head's still at. at. At the moment, I'm with every bonus bet that I get through betting agencies, and I back a lot of placings and not winners. I'm just picking grand final Quinella, Penrith, and Melbourne. Yeah. You're getting $3.60 or whatever, then you don't have to worry about who wins. Before, you, you're getting before, paid before if they make it. A friend of the show used to um, just throw every bonus bet on, on futures and did well of it. So, yeah, good play. Well, I did the same last year with Penrith to win. But but, I, but realistically, there could be a chance, yeah, they, they, they do meet in there. A, a in Cowboys the, or a Broncos could make the grand final, I think, but definitely Premier's either Penrith or Melbourne, and that's my grand final tip at the very least. Like, David? Oh, the, we're halfway through the year, sorry, but so we... Yeah. Well, we are. We are actually. Yeah, we, we're, we're into the past, business end. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, the Knights' starting forward pack were decent, uh, and that's probably the only reason they didn't get beaten by 70, <laughs> in the fact that Penrith had a gear or two to spare. Um, but every outside back for the Knights missed minimum three tackles, except for Ponga, who got knocked out 15 minutes into the game. Um, and the outside backs, their defence is, um, is pretty much shot at the moment. They, they, they can't seem to number up, and they just get beaten by pretty much every other team that's got a decent out. A uh, decent set of centres or wingers, and they just carve Newcastle apart. Um, what do you say? Harris, Appy and Leota just set the platform for Penrith. They did what they needed to do in the middle, and as soon as that happened, the Penrith just swung the ball wide and tore the, the outside edges for Newcastle apart. Um, Edwards was pretty good, so was and Crichton. Toto was fantastic, as was Kikau and Cleary, but... I don't have much to say, mate. There's two different teams on way, fucking two different levels that are so far apart. It's not funny. Well, I think Kikiau's the best so. back rower in the game at the moment. The way he's going, and in that team, like you yeah. know, he's he's a handful every time he gets the ball. And defensively, now he's effort on effort. He's found Whereas it's funny because he went, you went, ago, from, you went from two years ago being Dave Fafita to last year being the deep. this year. He's found the balance. He's found it. And yeah, the, yeah. New, the New South Wales players had a point to prove, and they all they all stood up. Every single one of them, Luai, Cleary, Toe, Crichton, they all had fantastic. Yeah, games, yelling so. at him from the bench probably still did. <laughs> <laughs> it still did a good job. You know, <laughs> he probably you know got a few sledges and that in. So he yeah, well, you know, probably got some points still. Give us a three, two, one. Moment. Cleary, Toe, and kick out. Yeah, they would go yep. with that. But Sure. Let's get to 38-16. The Warriors nearly looked impressive for almost 15 minutes of this game. And then... uh, About 30, 15. Yeah, about 30. First 15, both halves, actually. They were pretty good. Uh, Yeah, exposed a few things to the Sharks, but the Sharks were good enough to have points in the back end. Barn stats and... uh, Three tries to eight. Two out of three conversions for the Warriors. Three out of eight for the Sharks. Nico, mate, fucking get out there and do some practice, would you? 84% completion for the Warriors. 79% for the Sharks. 33 out of 39 sets played, 27 out of 34. Five line breaks for both teams. 22 tackle busts for the Warriors, 31 for the Sharks. 14 offloads to 11. One force dropout for the Warriors. 299 tackles played, 341. One ruck infringement against the Warriors. Three inside the 10 against the Sharks. Four penalties conceded to eight. Six errors to eight. Egan made 37 tackles. McGuinness with 41. Walsh with 131 metres. And Talakai with 212. Uh, Harris DeVita missed six tackles, made 12. Johnson missed three and made 17. Braley missed three and made 38. And Kennedy missed three and made seven. Mulatano with 106 supercoach points. Moylan with 101. Katoa with 93. And Egan with 81. The Sharks' defence in the first 15 minutes was passive. They just sat back and let the Warriors run at them. Um, they had bugger or ball. I think they had one set in the first 10 of the game or something like that. So you just c- continually give the ball over and then you sit back in defence. You get carved up. Uh, Walsh made uh, made him look silly for that first try. It was simple as he just ran past two of them that were standing there looking at him. And then um, Egan crashed over from dummy half. Again, the defence was sitting back on their heels and they got what they deserved in that first 15 to 20 minutes. Um, they got their line speed up a little bit after that and finally got some ball. And then for probably the space of the next 20 minutes, they looked like scoring every time they got past the halfway mark. Um, they were <laughs> just swinging it wide out to the centres and the, and the wingers and they were causing all sorts of problems for the Warriors' defence, which is probably not the hardest defence to unlock in the competition, if you want to be honest. But um, 
Hines took a bit of a back seat in this one. He seemed to be just catching and passing for a majority of the game. Um, he got a little bit more involved in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game and started running a little bit. But um, he just used Moylan as the link man, gave him early ball, and uh, Moylan was putting guys in holes. Moylan looked like the best player on the field. Definitely the most effective ball in hand. Um, set up some nice tries with some good passing. Uh, Again, the, the Warriors came back in the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half and looked good and were dominant, and probably um, the Sharks, again, were on the back, on the back foot. Uh, Dallin put up probably the best finish of the, of the season, and it'll be up there for one of, oh, the, was good. One of yeah, good. the best finishes for the year. Uh, he got himself sideways and up and over and got the ball down. It was a fantastic finish for the Warriors. And, but the Sharks picked up the last 20 minutes and looked pretty controlled. Didn't look like they were going to be troubled too much in the, the, the back end of this game. Harris DeVita had another poor game. Uh, it looks like, to me, he's clocked out. I'm not sure what they do there. Um, his last couple of games have, since he's announced that he's not going to be re-signed like, next year. I don't think I've ever seen a lower kick. Even, <laughs> take it aside, the kick metres, 290 for Johnson and 160 for Walsh. Like, like what is that? What is that when you... Back of no forward effort. Yeah, absolutely. Curran looked okay, but it's definitely short of a, a short of a jog. Um, yep. Needs a bit more time out in the field. Dallin was good, as was Jazz and um, Torhu Harris. But Sirenan and Walsh were very good, and Egan was probably their best player. Um, Graham, Graham, Fafita, and Tolman were okay. They, I'm definitely not going to say they were good. Hines uh, had a couple of nice kicks, but didn't do a great deal else. Braley and Talakai were, were decent. But it, was, it came down to the wingers. The wingers were fantastic. Um, it was try for try. I think they're chasing each other. They're one apart or something. They've both got 10 or 12 tries each this year. And it looked like they were having a bit of a competition there. <laughs> Who was going to score more tries by the end of the game? Uh, Moylan was the best player on the field easily, I thought. And then uh, Molitano and Katoa. What a world but we live in where Mate Moylan's getting two <laughs> points. But... <laughs> I just, I just want to give a shout-out to Wade Egan because I thought when they had the opportunities and when uh, they went through what they were doing, he did it very well and he, he uh, is a very, very capable hooker and could do much better at potentially another club. Very or, rarely plays a bad game. Yeah, uh, tremendous. Yeah. Uh, he, he was very good. It's the only one I want to pay tribute to. The concern for the Warriors is they're going to go they're going to go home in two weeks and they're essentially going to start... Like, this club needs a hard reset and they could be five years away... There's a horse going through the car park. I'm sorry. Jesus there Christ. There's actually a horse going through the car park. <laughs> somehow, that's, somehow that's sentimental for the war. Like, somehow that's something to do with the Warriors. Like, <laughs> put, oh, I'm sorry. Put, put a fork in me. I am done. Come back. What is happening? Take me now. I've seen it all. What is happening? It's going to hitch up a horse out and the front of the And applause. Um, the Sharks... I think their best five is really, really good. Their back five, really, really good, and their front front loading their, their sets. I think the Sharks are one middle quality middle short. Just at the moment, that one quality middle. I know Hamlin Ueli will come back into the team, but he's he's a big bopper that that works hard, and they've got Rudolph that works hard, and Fanukan that works hard. I just think they're that one real quality gun middle short, just to be off. The, the really good teams, but the Warriors are just, they're a basket case. You, you know my feelings. I never tip them in any game. I won't tip them in any game. Look, the, the one that I'll shout out to in that team is a player that's got limited ability, 
but tries really, really hard every week is Montoya on the wing. Like, yeah. he's not the greatest footballer, but every run he has, every tackle he makes, every involvement is 100%. And he makes some errors and whatnot, but he tries does. really, really hard in a team that's just not doing well. Like, I love Reese Walsh as a player, but in that game he threw four no-look passes to no one. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they went behind blokes and whatnot. Like, at the moment, you've got to, they've got to pull their sleeves up and work hard. Mm. Like, in terms of that, and it, that fancy stuff, no look passes and all that. That's all right if you're winning by twenty or you, you're winning games, but you're losing games. It's no way that I think to pull your sleeves up and have a go. Reese Walsh's career is going nowhere whilst he plays at the Warriors, unfortunately. He, if he plays at the Warriors for 10 years, he'll he'll end up being probably, and not that he was a bad player, like a Roger Tuovasashek that's not going to go to the next level and in the end will leave and go to rugby or do something else because you're the only point of attack for the team, really, yeah. Reese Walsh. He's the only one that any anything comes from. Cronulla were good for most of the game. The first 10 minutes, I thought they were poor. And just after half time, they were poor more than the Warriors being good. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say the Warriors were good for any part of the game. I think Cronulla were poor and gave the Warriors a look in for 20 minutes of the game. Um, Agree. And, and that's, that's all they needed I think to do. You would have sent our chat, but chat... Um yeah, Talakai's defence wasn't, you know, origin standing there. There's, there's all sort of stuff, stuff going on early, but class prevailed, I guess. What else do you say? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much more you can say about it. Can I ask you a question, Gump? It's because you've been sort of a bit bullish on this. You've been saying that now you believe the Warriors will win the wooden spoon. What makes them a worse team than? The Bulldogs, Tigers, and Titans. If you had to sum it up, how? Why are they going to finish off worse than those three teams? Chuck Newcastle in there. I don't know that there's any upside for them. I don't know that. I think at their best, the other teams are better. Okay. So given every everyone being, and we know that that's not the case. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But everyone being equal, like at the moment, in the middle. Without Adam Fanua Blake, who have the Warriors got there? No, no. that's no. really doing anything yeah. for the, the middle. Good for three minutes. Like in terms of that, <laughs> they're, they're fit. They're f- we're talking about fitness a lot tonight. I don't think there's any fitness. Sean Johnson, Taris Tavita's tapped out. Yes, yeah, Sean Johnson's tapped out. Sean Johnson is. You know, he's played a lot of years of footy, and I like Sean. He seems like a nice fella, but he hasn't played in many semi-finals in teams he's been with. So, and and you've you've pinned your hopes on a guy that's on the wrong side of thirty, I guess, in terms of age and in terms of statistically. Well, just what over he's his done. entire career, how many times have you seen him play eighty minutes and gone fuck? That was a great eighty minute. Well, not very many. At most, it's generally forty minutes. Correct. So that was when he was at his best. At the moment, it's ten or fifteen minutes a game where he's in the game and then he just floats back out. But, of it, but he's so. no threat running game. Not like anymore. No. The, the, yeah. the pace, like his biggest asset was his pace, and unlike other players like Benji and that, when they've lost their pace, they've Developed they've added them. different dimensions to their game. And Sean Johnson either is unable to 
or is unwilling Couldn't to. One, yeah. one or the other, and maybe a mixture of both. But at the moment, like, I agree with Daggy. They need a huge reset. Because I don't, I, I don't know the stat. I don't know where their junior, you know, where's their junior well, status at. Been there for two years. Like, they, so like, is there even a company? Rugby's or? probably like, what is left or? there. Well, I don't know. And, we, I don't and, know. And, and how? And if they like, they legit could run last for the next five years. And how are they going to cut ties? Who's going to go there? Who's going to go there? Well, you've got to see who's going to coach them and whatnot now in terms of that. Like, go on, big bloody Kearney to come back. And they're a second and third tier comp in their own. That's you know, like, like it's it's it's, it's your you second fiddle to rugby anyway. By a so mile. Is, and now you, you know. Well, you we'll put it this way: other you've got to be pushing the New Zealand Warriors. How many players would they have in a New Zealand team when it's picked next well, week? They won't. I can't. Well, who? Thi- well, well, this is what I was. Harris, yeah. and that's it. Maybe. In the team, Walsh and, maybe and he, fourteen, or something. and he's a maybe. Walsh Queensland, oh, he's a Queenslander. Well, Walsh, that's, that's right, what yeah. I mean. So, Josh Curran, who's been good for him, is New South not Wales. eligible. Uh, Reese Walsh is not eligible. Like Tohu Harris, Tohu Harris is the only one that's probably going to get yeah. a start for him. And that's how backs Montoya. You wouldn't pick Montoya. Well, Montoya's an Australian. Well, yeah, yeah he's true. Too. And you'd have Mamalo, and you'd have. They would find blokes yeah. before him. Well, that's what I was, like last week. I was saying every year the yeah, New Zealand side is usually around half yeah, made up by the New Zealand be. side. Matai has to be. Yeah. yeah, like you go back to 2008, Fair Income, that New Zealand team that won well, the whole forward pack was the Warriors. Well, the Warriors were like, like literally ha- half time. that World Cup winning yeah. team were Warriors players. And then you had the halfback and probably the fullback. So, so that's th- there's yeah. your answer on who's coming through. Yeah, there, there's not anything, and they're not playing in reserve grade or anything like they have in the past either. So you don't know. We don't know. And it's also the players who have come through in recent years have gone over clubs. They're not at the Warriors. Well, so I have grave fears for them. I don't see how... And the NRL should be making... If they're serious... Should we make a concerned effort to pump some money in there in the next year or two? Because we need this to is save the this. best opportunity. Or, or you cut, COVID's killed them. So or you cut your ties. Or you say biggest, it's not sustainable. You can fuck off. That has to be done now. And I'll make nutbag the, 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 the owner yeah. wouldn't have a clue what day of the week it is, <laughs> apart from the fact he's a multi. Well, right. and that's the problem. Like, is it a tax write-off for him? Probably. Yeah. And so he couldn't give a shit. <laughs> well, he can't give a shit because he's fully paid out a bloke's contract not to play. Yeah. So, so they're paying so a bloke. Sit there and be outraged. They're paying a bloke six hundred thousand a year or whatever they're paying him seven fifty to not play. So the, there's bigger problems at the Warriors. Because he picked the fight on the field, apparently, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're off the field problems as well. So. Yeah. Why would you get, like, you think, like, even like, you, you, everyone can see and go, oh, yeah, imagine would be great there. Well, why would you? Why would you get, what upside is there? The Warriors have been successful when they've had a few experienced Australian players in their team. As and well. and it's a tr- it's a tr- realistically, an Australian coach who's coached in the NRL. Well, it's, been like, a tr- it, it's a tremendous documentary, the Warriors documentary. Yeah. Uh, about the... Yeah, a couple of years back. A couple of years yeah, back. It was the, the very, fate, very good. Yeah. And they were probably on the uptick before all this COVID shit happened. Like yeah. they weren't the worst team. But then they bought, the in, they bought they've bought in a dozen players who were never going to go back to New Zealand. They bought in a coach who we had no interest. But, yeah. Well, you even look now. You and Aitken, who's been one of their better players this year, is not there next so now year. Going, yeah. So so again, someone Car- that's go. committed. So Walsh was up in the air. Reese Walsh's hundreds to be there shortly. Yeah. yeah. 
Curran's come and apparently came out and said, now I'm excited Johnson for the challenge. Johnson has to retire in the next couple of years. So, so that's what I mean. Harris Tavita, they're yeah. not re-signing. So who would go there? Who would go there? Well, it's, it would be for money only. Yeah. Anyway. Do we move along? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, do we have a 3 two on there just for the record? Or? Um, oh, yeah, I had Moylan, uh, Mulatano, Katoa. Yep, yep. All right, Gump's time to shine. 34 to 4. The Bulldogs put the cleaners through the Parramatta Eels. Eels. The team that has beaten both Melbourne and Penrith this year. And they were beaten 34 to 4 with some attacking brilliance, with some uh, unstructured play. And it's almost like Trent Barrett. Maybe isn't a very good coach. Who would say that loud? Me. But anyway, Gump, what do you think? Well, Barney's Barney's going to do the stats and then stats for us. Literally, you should have said him. Tires burning. Come screaming (laughs) in his car park. Where's the podcast? He was ready to go. Up and about, mate. Up and about. He was ready to go. But Barney, do you? It was. It was really good to see the dogs throw the footy around and yeah, do some different stuff, um, which hasn't happened for a while. But uh, we had six tries to one, five out of six conversions, and zero out of one for Parramatta. Eighty-one percent completion for the dogs. 73% 73% for Parramatta. 30 out of 37 sets played 31 out of 42. Two line breaks to the Dogs, four to Parramatta. 22 tackle bust to 21. 14 offloads to 16. Two force dropouts by Parramatta. Zero 40 20s. 367 tackles played 361. Two ruck infringements against the Dogs. Zero inside the 10s. 11 penalties conceded by the Bulldogs. Four by Parramatta. Nine errors to 11. Jackson made 54 tackles, Mahoney with 48, Karaz with 229 running metres, Gutherson with 186, Woodell missed four tackles, made 44, Blake missed four and made 12, Burton with 91 supercoach points, Josh Adokar with 89, King with 76. How much? Hmm? Adokar scored a hat-trick and got 89 supercoach points. It will update, but this was no, no, straight no. after no. the game. No trouble. He'll no probably trouble go up, up above 100. But yeah, no trouble here. I'm just th- I did it straight after the game, and you know what they're like. And especially no, no, Monday no. games, no. late Saturday games, yeah. they miss a lot of shit at <laughs> the no. back end of the games. Carry on, carry on. But this was like literally five minutes after the game. Burton, 91. Adokar with 89. King with 76. And Moses with 69. Subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Dax. Nah, whatever. Okay. Let's give it a gump. All right. Look, it, it's a great win for the Bulldogs. And when you, you've won five games in three seasons, yeah, no, it it's looks, sort of it looks it, like it's a, a 34 to 4, and you, you, you're excited. It's one week. Um, Parramatta were absolutely abysmal. Um, today they just did not turn up to play and probably thought they'd go out there and just beat the Bulldogs today. But, look, the two things that I really liked about the Bulldogs is that they've, the last three games they've scored points yep. and, like, they're a team that averaged 10 a game, but the last three games they've scored 20 in them. And this game, defensively, they haven't conceded any. They probably should have conceded a couple more, but... You know, Parramatta probably made a few more line breaks and, and whatnot, but they've scrambled and, and shown a little bit of effort. Um, Avarillo, we've spoken a lot about what yeah. position. Maybe he's a fullback. Maybe yeah, he's that, fast this, enough maybe to do that so, this, hey. maybe that, and, and he's got some footy in him, like he's played in the halves. So a yeah. bit of footwork, maybe well, able to throw a ball. If you went back and to the very, very first show Bunover did, it was probably Avarillo the player, just don't know what he is. 
Yeah, so, center, yeah. so maybe maybe he's a fullback. He, he he's done all right the last couple of weeks. Look, Burton and Addo Carwa, unbelievable the combination that they've got. Burton's kicking game today was Cleary esque. I think in in the kicks that he put in, I. Um, Kyle Flanagan is is going okay as well, I guess, with a bit of confidence there. And if he's just shifting the ball and making his tackles, then maybe he is the option with... And I don't want to get too far forward to next mm. year, but you'll have Amani and Burton, Flanagan and Avarillo. If it's a steady spine, they've probably got enough around him with Adokar and Kikau and, and, he ran the ball and, and whatnot. Yeah, to, to sort of have enough to work around with... With, with what they've got. So, look, hopefully they can build build on that and, and win a few more games. I'm not going to get too excited. It could just be one week, and I know that they play the Tigers this week, and it's a game that they might now be favourites in. Um, so, look, you, you'd have to sort of judge them after next next week and see whether you think that they're, they're, they're back and, the, and they're going to trouble some teams. But, look, it's... You know, when your team doesn't win that often and they win by 30 <laughs> points against a team that, you yeah, know, the arch rivals that I don't like. So at least this year, the Bulldogs have beaten three teams that probably will make the top eight. They've beaten the Cowboys, they've beaten the Roosters, and they've beaten Parramatta. Jesus. So, so they've beaten three teams that will probably be in the top eight at the end of the year. So um, they probably need to beat some of the teams that aren't going to be in the eight to, to just get themselves off the bottom of the ladder in, in terms of that. So if they probably are a better team than the Titans and, and the Warriors and the Tigers because they've beaten good teams, Ollie. So I will hey, go uh, there. Tigers beat Parrot too. Get out of here. I know that that's where you're going to go. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, so back, I'm backing you up on this, Gump. In, 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 in two years of, of us doing a show, I've seen this bloke very grumpy. He came out here with a smile on his face. And it, it's good to be happy. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's nice it is. So Ollie's perplexed. Your, your point made me think, Gump. And, you know, this is going to be my analysis because... So the Bulldogs have beaten the Cowboys, probably top four. Roosters, miles for top eight. Parrot, miles for top eight. The Titans have beaten <coughs> the Warriors, who we've just spoken about. The Tigers. Who the Titans shouldn't yeah. have won. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> they shouldn't have won. We'd be in on 10th if we'd won that yeah, game. And <laughs> the, best, the best team that these geeks have beaten this year... Oh. Have been the Saint George Illawarra Dragons. So who's your point, running Oliver? Is your point? So who, who needs this, Oliver? There's definitely something there around this um, this Bulldogs forward pack as well. You've now got Max King, who's cemented himself in that 13 by the looks of it. Um, He's an absolute out-and-out worker. You chuck him in there with Josh Jackson. Um, you could probably find someone to take Corey Waddell's spot, but he wasn't bad today it's either. his best game he's played yeah. for the club today. Um, and your two front rowers in this game, to me, went out and they wanted to fight. Yeah. They, like, they wanted to punch on with this Parramatta pack and they put it over the top of them. And uh, it's an origin pack. Tavita Panguai Jr. Well, and Paul Vaughan stood yeah. head and shoulders above the... Like, and a point to prove. Parramatta's pack yeah. weren't the worst in the world, but they they were above them, and they put it over them, and they bullied them, and they, they put them in their place, and they, they were out there for the fight. Um, that was the building blocks of the game, and then there was some really nice ball movement, and um, the, the kicking game, as you said, I think that was the major difference in this game. 
Uh, Burton was on the front foot, kicking early, late, whatever, putting up those massive spiral bombs at every fullback in the, the comps. Uh, absolutely scared shitless of when he gets hold of them and puts them up there. Um, fantastic the performance from rain. the Bulldogs. They would have uh, bought rain then, Fantastic game from the Bulldogs, and yeah, it was good to see them sing their their team song. Nice, and yeah, it's just nice, yeah, nice to see them have a convincing win. And and if you, you want know. to have a look at Parramatta's performance, probably go and listen to Brad Arthur in the post con uh, in the in the press conference after the game because he didn't miss them. So, <laughs> what do you say? Basically said reserve grade and this team. There was 34 blokes out there that didn't pull their weight. They fucking did not have a go, and they got outplayed and out enthused by a team that just wanted it more. So, well, I think yeah, they turned up thinking it'd be a buy. It was so good. The to fact see they the tried Bulldogs to shift win. around the Bulldogs and they got how many in it? It was intercepts and yep, two was, intercept <laughs> tries. <laughs> was, yeah. Sorry, Ollie, cut you off. No. It was so good to see the Bulldogs win. It was so very, very good. I can't wait till they verse the Titans because, well... The dogs are having a party. Can we just get to the point, <laughs> slip, slop, slap and end this show? Oh. All right, let's, uh, let's get to... No, well, yeah, you're right. Uh, but there isn't... Uh, they, owned a, they owned an origin standard team, in, in uh, air quotes there, and... They did very well, so you've got to give them their moment in the sun. And they will, if they play like that, they will beat more teams in the next month. 3-2-1, Barney. Oh, it was Burton head, heading above anyone else. Um, Josh had a car with two points, and then my, I would have tossed up between either um, Josh King or... Uh, Max King, sorry, not Josh King, or no, really? Karaz. I thought Karaz was fantastic on the wing as well, and he's well on his way to having a good career, that young kid. He Gumpy, looks, what do you think? looks good. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah, I like Karaz. Runs hard, you know, he's good out of yard, he's big body. How wasn't, he, how wasn't he in the conversation? Like... He was outside the is, twenty. Is, it he is, was outside the twenty-five. It is so mind blowing to think that these people were up and about and. Because uh, remember, he got, the, he got the like exemption. He got the exemption baffling. when they all had COVID, and they had to wait until the development contracts were allowed. He was yeah, outside right, of the okay. t- like, development contract. In in looking at the Bulldogs too, like in the next six weeks, <laughs> they've got they've got the Tigers, and then they've got the buy. They've got a buy, and then they've got. The Sharks, Souths, Knights, Warriors. So they can win three or four. They could win three or four of those games. Then and they're three or four games that if they play to the standard they play today, that are winnable. All I'd say is I'd you'd want yeah, you just want to see the if you see them back it up. That's right. I want like then if, if they lose to the Tigers next week, then they're back to where they were. Yeah. So if they if they then win the next six of the next uh, ten or does Mick Potter does get Potter, a go? So would would you like to see Mick Potter there? Well, you know, they've always been that one of the old boys back at the club and stuff like that. But if, their attacking structure has completely changed. If yeah. the players seem yeah, to so like Mick Potter and, and, you know, they've already signed blokes for next year that are going to come, then it doesn't really matter whether they're attracting players. I think they've yeah, spent yeah. their money anyway. So if those guys come and they're, they're, I think a lot of it, with coaches to do with the players like them. Yeah. And, you know, if he's come in and they like him and, and they've got some other people around that, that they sort of like and they're, they're putting in effort, then, you know, why not have, have Mick Potter if he's getting results? But that's obviously, I'm tipping, not what Gus wants. So in the end, 
they'll get who Gus wants to coach. Them, Gus, so. Gus would have a name in in mind, so and then he, but if, if it's Geraldo, well, one hundred percent. Then that Gus would know who he wanted yeah. and would have a plan A and a plan B. And if they don't come off and they win games, then they might say, "Well, have Here a have a crack." Why not? Mick. Why not? But if they were going to have Mick Potter, they'd have had him already. But if results indicate that, then who knows? Absolutely. Uh, how do we put a bow on all this? We need right. to get. Let's, uh, let's put a bow on this show. Where we're we going to uh, discuss now. I've received a letter from uh, one S. Goodman on behalf of the Greek Mafia, so we need to now go back to the old pot plant awards. And uh, cease and desist was received, so we will go back to the pot plant of the week with Vonnie coming back. We will move on, and we, we love Vonnie. Life. We love Vonnie God, so God much. Vonnie. I do. I, I do love me some Von. So, a pop plan of the week, boys. Have you got one for us? Someone whose job would be better served with a pop plan on the field, Oliver? Anyone at the organisation of the Gold Coast Titans other than Tino Fasu or Malawi, Greg Mazu, Jaden Campbell, Bo Firma, Moaki Fodawaka. Okay. Good. <laughs> um. Luciano's little Luciano for me this week got the pop plan award. Yeah. As I mentioned in the game review, he dead set did pulled out his brother, had the sooks and didn't want to play this game, jogged around the field and did sweet fuck all for eighty minutes. So. Yeah, I'm going Chanel Harris Tavita with like he missed more tackles than he made and yeah, he was terrible this week, unfortunately. And I don't mind him as a player, but nah he's He's on the way out. Yeah. Paul. I'm going to pop plan two. Uh, I haven't even thought of this. I'll, I'll pop plan Aiden O'Brien, just because I can. Adam. Adam O'Brien. Well, Aiden's Aiden a good trainer. Trainer, a lot trainer. Of winners, I'm as sure. A cool, as uh, Ascot kicks off tomorrow night. Yes, probably get those probably, blokes run around a little bit better. He, yeah, he'll work them into the ground, but they'll <laughs> win you about that too. Anyway, have you got a salute and slap for me, Oliver? I will slap Justin Holbrook. I will salute Tino Fasum Malawi. <laughs> Oh, you made me cough. Moving on. I'm going to salute uh, Damien Cook and Patrick Carrigan. Between them, made about 200 tackles last week. And plenty of metres in between. So good on them. Bonus salute, just to seal it from you blokes. Uh, Joseph Tarpany. Might be in the conversation, best prop in, in the game. Yeah, well, both of my both of my salutes have been mentioned. It's <laughs> Tino and Tarpany. Uh, I thought they were fantastic. I love seeing the front rowers get in and amongst it and do their thing, and they've been two of the better performing front rowers this season. So that's my salute, and my slap is to Hammer. So uh, worst game I think I've seen him play in a first in a first grade match, and um, he can be much better than that. So we'll, we'll slap him around and get him revved up for next week. Fair enough. I'm going to slap Dane Gagai. I'm sick of these blokes going for club footy and being rubbish and then they play one game of Origin and they're good at Origin and Barn said that I think Gagai might have missed six or seven tackles on the weekend. Ten. Well, ten. Yeah. ten and 20, I know I the previous three weeks had probably missed the same amount. So I'm giving him a slap. You can't just turn your, yourself on and off. Newcastle are paying you big money. Have a go, big fella. He actually missed nine in the Origin match as well. So I was gonna, he wasn't so great in Origin. So there you go. So, but he, I think it's good though. I, I, I wouldn't. I think he was good in Origin. But I'm going to salute the Fox 
and Jakey Turbo. Yeah, 100%. I think Beautiful. after their origin snubs, yep. both came out this week and Love played it. their best footy and, look, didn't complain, still said they'd support the Blues, loved it. And and Angus Crichton, again, to an extent, still came out this week and, and, and went about their business, even though that a lot of people thought they probably should have been in the team. But, you know, I've got to give them a, all three a big rap, but especially the Fox and Jake Turbo, who I think were really, really good for their teams this week. Top pick, Gumpy. Love that. Absolutely. Very, very good. Uh, Gumpy, you've had a good night. Well done. Oh, well, you know, Welcome back. Have to step up at some point. Congrats on the super coach. Uh, well, being a super coach. Uh, and, uh, boys, we will see each other again Wednesday night to preview round 15 of the National Rugby League. But uh, check us all out on uh, rugbyleaguemerch.com. You can buy some hats and beanies and shirts and steins and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, subscribe on Spotify if you haven't already. You can find us everywhere you need good podcasts as well as YouTube. And, lads, we will talk to each other again uh, in a couple of days. Take care and see you guys. <laughs>